there's so much content out there and so many resources. Even in the survey we did, actually, the, one of the top responses for what's the biggest barrier to learning more is not knowing where to start. And so there's this paralysis because there's an abundance of information, which is great. I almost think of it like when you learn a language, there's the level of, you know, there's grammar, there's spelling, there's, there's general basics that you need, tools you need to understand before diving in. Paralysis by analysis. The internet is beautiful, but it can also be a curse. Many times I've tried to learn something new and then just became so overwhelmed with the information. Where do I start? Why does their end product look so much better than mine? Do I suck? Those are some of the questions that I would end up asking myself. And when it comes to investing, I remember being in the Young Investors Club and asking myself, what even is options trading? Don't worry. This episode is all about the basics, and Katie and I share some of the resources that helped us learn more about investing. You have to walk before you run, right? Welcome to Declassified College. And in this episode, we answer the question, where do I start? Choose your fighter. Fight. I'm Justin Wynn, and in each episode, we will unlock a cheat code to help you navigate college so that by the time you walk across that stage, shake your president's hand, and grab your diploma, you have a job. College is a game. If you don't learn how to play it, it's going to play you. I've used other investing apps, but I don't think that there's a better one other than public.com. That's why I've partnered up with them to create this episode. They have everything that all the other guys have, plus a social side. Imagine Twitter meets investing. You get to see when other people are making trades, ask them questions, and even create group chats to learn more about investing. This is super important for college students who are just getting started. The best part is, if you sign up right now using the link in the show notes, you'll get $10 of a free stock. And who doesn't love free money? So what are you waiting for? This is episode two of our two-part series with Katy Perry, who's the VP of Marketing at Public.com. If you missed episode one, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it first because it'll give you a good understanding of what to expect in this episode. But for those of you who love SparkNotes, the main topics were how fractional shares can be super beneficial for college students, the power of the social aspect of investing, and how I lost out on over $1,500 in college. Now, unless you studied or are studying finance in college like myself, chances are you cringe anytime you're recommended a finance book by Amazon. But when you're trying to crawl before even walking, books can be a great first step. One of the books I read early on was The Boggleheads Guide to Investing. It's like super old school, but very bare bones. And it just kind of at a high level explains how all of this stuff works. Because at its core, the, the fundamentals of investing are the same, which changing is kind of the access. So resources like that are great. Love them or hate them, books are a great resource when it comes to learning anything. The best part about them is that when you're just getting started, you can really go at your own pace. Now, I personally find it incredibly hard to sit down and read a book. My mind will either go all over the place and I can't concentrate or I get tired. But for some reason, I love audio, and I can easily sit through listening to an audiobook for a couple of hours. And if you're listening to this show and you don't like to read books, maybe try an audiobook. We all learn differently, and it might work a little bit better for you. 
Interestingly enough, one of the first books that I read on my own in college was Tony Robbins' Money Master the Game. It's super long, and to this day, I still don't understand how I was able to finish it, but for beginners, it's a great book. I'll link both the Tony Robbins book and Katie's Boggleheads Guide to Investing in the show notes down below. As I've said earlier in finance, there is a lot of jargon that you need to learn before it starts to make sense. Those books will give you a good basic understanding of those. But there's nothing like learning a new language other than by interacting with the people who speak it fluently. Then there's this piece of learning a new language that's like when you travel to, you know, do a study abroad or you travel to another city. And that's where you really get the fluency. And so that's kind of the level public's adding on to that of, okay, you understand, you know, what a PE ratio is generally. You understand the difference between long-term capital gains and short-term capital gains. And then you go to the environment where people are speaking this language, and that's just a whole other level. And so that's kind of the layer we're providing. And the fractional shares make us able to provide this in a way that's accessible to even college students who might have a part-time job. You might be thinking, you want me to read one book and then jump right into investing. No, we, we want you to be as comfortable as you can possibly get before you make that leap. And with the internet, there's so many different places that you can learn from, from blogs to getting into finance TikTok. So where can you truly get started? One of my favorites is obviously Morning Brew, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners already subscribe. I just love how they break it down. They also have great podcasts. They have uh, the Business Casual podcast, which is amazing just insight into trends and like entrepreneurs and they get incredible guests like i think they have andrew yang coming on next week and so you get that like here's what's happening day to day and then they offer content that's the more high level quick side note i love the morning brew i signed up for it when some random kid came into my class and told them if we signed up he got a free t-shirt so i was like why not help a fellow broke college student and try to help him get some free clothes But Morning Brew is one of the few newsletters that I still pay attention to every single day. It's basically a cooler Wall Street Journal. And basically for those who don't come from a business background, it can be a great place to get your feet wet when it comes to keeping up with everything business related. I'll put a link in the show notes to sign up if you're interested. And you may or may not be helping me get a free t-shirt. And then I guess third, I'll just plug public. I think, you know, For college students, a lot of it is talking to your friends about this stuff. I was just talking to someone about the other day. I was in college, you know, a decade ago, and it it was not cool to be into this stuff when I was in college. And I'm from what I'm seeing out there in terms of creators I'm seeing and influencers, it's almost like it's cool to know about this stuff. It's cool to be savvy about business and your finances. And, and, you know, people want to talk about this stuff. So we do have a lot of college students on our app, building groups with their friends, having conversations and to me, like what a, what a great use of your time and attention, especially in an era when a lot of social platforms feel like they might not be a positive use of our time. Whenever I'm in public and I'm having a conversation, I feel like I'm learning something new or you know, I'm sharing an idea with a friend and we're bouncing ideas. And to me, that's like a positive use of my time. That's also making me smarter about something that's important to me in terms of personal finance. That social piece is so unique with public and investing in general. 
I think one of the bigger things that public does, which I'm not sure if they're aware of or not, is they're making it normal to talk about money. With older generations, money is usually hush hush, and you don't want to talk about it with your friends. But with public, you can find those specific people that want to talk about it, and you can learn a ton from them. Now, Katie mentioned influencers, and if I have one recommendation for you to follow, it's Graham Stephan. He's one of the few that makes finance entertaining, but also very insightful. And if you're familiar with his stuff, then I totally expect you to smash that subscribe button and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts for the podcast algorithm. And if you're not, then that was probably really cringe. So moving on to the next big question. When should you start thinking about investing? As students, you have to worry about things like student loans or whether or not you have enough meal swipes to last you for the week, let alone should you buy Tesla or Amazon. Caveat that I'm not like a, a financial advisor. I will say what I, what I read constantly is exactly what you say. Knowing that investing, especially with time on your side, is incredibly powerful if you're looking at a historical view of the stock market and the returns. But the reality of a college student is most college students come out of college and they have debt. I had a lot of debt when I graduated college. And one of the things I was grappling with was what is the balance of paying down debt versus investing in the future upside potentially. So there's a lot of resources out there. You know, a lot of the things I've read say, you know, tackle the debt first, but there are ways to kind of get started in a smaller way. You can scale up over time as you get more comfortable. But that kind of dilemma is very real for a lot of college students. And I think it's kind of a personal decision, but also one that there are resources out there. I just don't want to give direct financial information. As like how we've covered if you should get an MBA or not, there isn't really a blanket answer here of when you should start investing as a college student. But I think the actual answer is that there isn't a better time to start learning about investing because whether or not you're able to put money in your account, Filling your brain with this knowledge is incredibly important for the future for when you do have that money. Learning personal finances will start to change the way that you think about money in terms of spending and saving. You may not be able to invest today, but you could get excited about saving so that one day you can. It's all about habits. Having a budget is like the square one to start with. Understanding what you have coming in, what's going out. And it seems very rudimentary. But when I first you know, graduated, I had a lot of student loan debt and they were private loans. I was living in a very expensive city and I was literally tracking every dollar in and every dollar out. And even the act of just tracking makes you more aware. Of where, where are you spending on things that you don't necessarily need to be spending on that add up over time. For me, how I use public, it's an investing platform, but it's almost like a built-in saving platform too for me. I'll commit to saving a little bit each week. And because of the fractional shares, I can kind of just add to my positions of these longer term companies I believe in. And I kind of automate that and create a habit. We also have you know, features in the app like dividend reinvesting, where if you're investing in a dividend stock, which pays you out quarterly, you can just set that to reinvest back in the company and you, you can build that position and not even think about it. So I think automation where you can and just creating habits and sticking to them is a really good tool. And even if it's a small amount to begin with, you're kind of just building in that habit and mindset from the get-go. 
And then when you advance in your career, you can kind of just scale up from there, but the habit already exists. Baby steps. That's what building a habit is all about. And even Usain Bolt, as he bolts to the finish line, he still had to learn how to take baby steps. Now, there's a reason that we branded the show around cheat codes. Each person that we bring on needs to share that one thing that they wish that they knew earlier. One thing I learned at my first job that it was a little ways into it that I wish I knew. When you start off in an internship or a job, somebody really wise told me to always have a point of view and a perspective. And so anecdotally, when I started my first job, I was noticing a lot of opportunities and I was sharing things up to my manager, but I, I was failing to add a perspective or opinion on it. And the feedback I got was to always have an opinion, never be afraid to have a voice and an opinion. So instead of just forwarding something along, really thinking about, you know, why, why are you sharing this or why are you presenting this idea and having an opinion? I think having opinions is such a powerful way to make a name for yourself early on in your career. And it's something I wish I did sooner. And clearly it's worked for Katie. She's the VP of marketing at a fast growing startup. It can definitely be scary to stand up, especially early on in your career. But having an opinion is important. You have a completely different perspective than everyone else that you're working with. That could be the way that you were brought up, your culture, where you grew up, or a number of other variables, but that is what makes you, you. And if you just sit behind your desk, answer emails, and submit your work, you may get the job done, but you might not get noticed. And in order to continue to grow in your career, your great work needs to be noticed. And one way to do that is to share the opinions that you have. Now, you know, I had to ask Katie the iconic, what is a question that you wish that I asked you? And her response was this. A question I wish you asked me was, what is a guiding principle I use in, in my day-to-day personal and professional life that I think is good to share with college students? And here's her answer. So for that one, I would say, and I don't know who came up with this term, but the concept of a do to say ratio, which means that the ratio of things you say you're going to do and actually do is one to one. So this is something you guys will see as you get into your internships and into your careers. One of the best ways to earn trust with people, even outside of work, is to when you say you're going to do something, you actually do it. It sounds so simple. But I think we all know people who will will say something or float an idea and they don't follow through. And I think follow through is such kind of an underappreciated attribute in in personal lives and professional lives. And if you're someone who can be relied upon when you give your word on something and then you deliver on it when you say you're going to do it, it is so powerful. And I think it pays off in spades in terms of your personal and professional relationships. Following through is so important. I've spoken to hundreds, if not thousands of students at this point, and the amount of them that have been so excited and told me that they would follow up is just too many to count. But the ones that actually do, that number is probably like 10, maybe 20. And those students have built trust with me. I talk with them every once in a while, and they help me as much as I help them. Sometimes the value that you bring to a relationship is that you're the person that they can count on. And as simple as that sounds, there are actually very few people who can live up to that. Wow, that was an amazing series with Katie. 
we changed up a few things in this interview style for these two episodes. So if you liked it or you didn't like it, please send me an email and let me know. Thank you to public.com for sponsoring us. And if you want to get that $10 of a free stock, make sure that you sign up using the link in the show notes.